welcome listeners to Season 3, Episode 10 of Drinking and Screaming, a queer and feminist podcast about horror movies and cocktails. I'm Shar. And I'm Kelly. And this week we're doing our special All the Horror episode benefiting the Scares That Care charity. You can find us and all the other amazing horror content on All the Horrors feed available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Today, we're lucky enough to be joined by our new friends, Jackie and Sean from the Jackie Watches Stuff podcast. Hey, folks. How are you? Hi, Hi friends. Woo. How's it going? <laughs> Tell everybody about your podcast. So I'm Jackie. I'm the Jackie in Jackie Watches Stuff. I'm the voice, and it's my cinematic quest to finally watch the movies I should have already seen. And I am Sean, and I am the producer of Jackie's cinematic quest uh, regarding all the movies she should have already seen. <laughs> <laughs> I like that little change of vocabulary in there. <laughs> but yeah, we uh, had a chance to record a special Friday the 13th episode with them for All the Horror, which should already be out on their feed as well as on the All the Horror feed. So you can check that out. I'll put a link in the show notes. Thank you both so much for coming on. We're so happy that we met through All the Horror and now it's just going to be us being best friends forever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're super excited to discuss one of Kelly's favorite films, Insidious, yeah. <laughs> from 2011. But first, we have an inspired cocktail creation that we made to match the mood and themes of the movie. So we made this drink to be not good for kids. That's sinister. Fuck. Uh, <laughs> we made this drink to commune with the spirits in the basement. Nope, that's the conjuring. Fuck. Okay, uh, <laughs> we made this drink to have Patrick Wilson be possessed and then choke someone. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a running gag for us that we never know which movie it is. It's not else. a gag. When she said we were watching Insidious with you, I was like, oh, that's the one with the Slipknot guy in the attic who steals all the kids. And she's like, no, that's sinister. When I was telling people I was going to watch this movie, they all did this exact same thing. They're like, wait, is that the one? No, wait, is it the one that? And I'm like, I don't know. Is it the one with Patrick Wilson? Yeah, yes. but also maybe you're thinking of the other one. <laughs> But so this is something that you have not seen, Jackie? No, never. And did you see it, Sean? Uh, I've never seen it before. Oh, there we go. So we're helping you both on your quest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's been a great little ride. It's been fun to watch. Awesome. So you made the drink this week. I did make the drink this week. It and is very, very blue. It is extraordinarily blue, uh, much like the further is kind of bluish black. I think the screen literally goes pitch black at some point. So <laughs> just think of it as like the ghostly smoky blue. Ooh, that is strong. Yeah, it's mostly alcohol. Wow. We've run into a situation where we don't go outside much again because of the pandemic. And also we're moving. So we don't go shopping that much mm-hmm. at the time of when this comes out. We've already moved. Whoa. Bamboozle to the past. So most of the cocktails are just liquor. <laughs> Uh, oh darn! Oh dip! Oh, so much. I tried to make it less because we record these when we have a guest afterwards. So you're just drinking a drink for like ten minutes. Uh, but what do you think? What do you think of it? It is good. It's sweet, uh, but the sweetness is not overpowering the amount of gin. I want to say in a good way. In a good way, yes. That's good. It's also should be a bit smoky because I'm using that uh, Mad Labs smoky bitters from our sponsor Mad Labs. Hell yeah, Mad Labs, we love you. Uh, getting that, getting those bitters was a game changer, and I'm not just being like, oh, they're a sponsor. I have to sound good, which in itself is a trope saying you're not just being a, sp-, you know. Uh, <laughs> But this otherwise would have been like a super sweet gin drink. But now with the smoky bitter, I can basically turn everything into a whiskey (laughs) (laughs) 
or like a mezcal or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I could go for some mezcal right now. I think now. that is what it is that's like changing the tone of the drink for me. It is the, the smoky bitters. Yeah, because I've run into a problem making gin drinks recently where I have, I struggle to make it not just taste like gin. Yeah. And I think it's the bitters. I think the bitters, I'm, I'm playing around with the bitters more. I'm trying to make them work for me, make it taste a little bit. Gin is really just a blank piece of paper on which you should project your cocktail onto. <laughs> and you do love, like when we were in the before times, able to go out to bars and, and fancy restaurants to have a cocktail, you were a huge fan of anything that had a smoky taste. So I'm Hell glad yeah. that you can finally have that at home. Yeah, I I talked about how we bought a thing of bitters like two years ago. Yeah. And haven't finished it. But I mean, I use these smoky bitters a lot. Man, the struggles of being a content creator when you actually like the thing that your sponsor gives you. Oh, darn. Oh, darn. So this week we watched Insidious, which premiered on April 1st of 2011. April Fools. Whoa, this movie didn't come out. Directed by James Wan and written by Lee Winnell, the duo of Saw and Ooh. other amazing movies such as this one. Lee Winnell, you've been writing horror movies and now. <laughs> you have to cut off your leg for her <laughs> to write the movies more. This film stars Patrick Wilson as deadbeat father and teacher Josh Lambert, Rose Byrne as loving mother and composer Renee Lambert, Lynn Shea as professional ghost whisperer Elise Rainier, and Lee Winnell as wacky ghost hunter Specs. <laughs> wacky ghost hunter. Ah, jeez. He is wacky. Yeah. But he's, yeah, it's the duo, but you know, I wasn't even going to include him, but he's the writer. I had figured I had to. Yeah. You hear that, Lee? You're allowed on anytime you want because we included you in this section. You're welcome. <laughs> this synopsis is written by Claudio Carvalho on IMDb. Hello, my dear friend Claudio, who we have never met. Maybe one day in our podcasting dreams, we will unite once more in the ether. <laughs> um, if you want listeners to unite once more in the ether with me, you can submit your <laughs> synopsis to drinkingandscreaming at gmail.com. Until then, we have our pal Claudio. The teacher, Josh Lambert, and his wife, Renee, move with their three children, the boys, Dalton and Foster, and the baby, Callie, to a big house. When Dalton is exploring the attic, he falls from the ladder and hits his head on the floor. On the next morning, Dalton does not wake up and stays in a coma, but the doctors are not able to diagnose his problem. Three months later, weird things happen in the house and Renee sees apparitions. She is sure that the house is haunted and convinces Josh to move to another home. Later, Renee sees ghosts in the new house and Josh does not believe his wife. But his mother, Lorraine, tells him that she had also had a vision of a fiend in Dalton's room. They invite the medium and Lorraine's old friend, Elise Rainier, who brings her team of ghost hunters, Specs, wacky ghost hunters, Specs, <laughs> and Tucker to investigate the supernatural phenomenon. Elise explains that Dalton is a traveler with the ability of leaving his physical body and traveling in the astral projection realm. Now his spiritual body is lost in a place called the further that is not for the living and entities are gathered trying to get inside his empty physical body's vessel. Among these entities, there is a demon that needs Dalton's body to cause pain to others. Furthermore, Lorraine discloses that Josh is also a gifted traveler and must seek out Dalton in the further and bring him back. Dun, and she does. Dun, dun. So to wrap this up, Josh is able to make his way through the further thanks to the help of Elaine and Elise, sorry, and his wife, Renee. 
He manages to find his son, bring him back. But bamboozled, Josh actually gets possessed by the woman in black who had been haunting him ever since he was a child. Uh, Elise realizes this and she takes a photo of him to prove it to herself. That makes him mad and he kills her. He strangles her to death. And that leaves Renee finding the picture on the floor, seeing the woman in black and going (gasps) to the camera. (laughs) I just realized that the wife's name is Renee and Elise's last name is Renee. Yeah. Yeah. Or Rainier. Come on, Lee, get your shit together. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to shit on Lee. I want him to come on the show one time. Yeah. Listeners, go bother Lee on Twitter. Make him come on our show with all your tags. I also, since you edit now, I should ask you to hit me with that trailer audio. So true. Hit me with that trailer audio. Hey, sweetie. Morning, guys. I would really like to. He's not in a coma. They don't know what to call it. There was something in there with him. I know someone who can help. What is it? It's not the house that's haunted. It's your son. Ah, jump scare at the end. I missed it. (laughs) I like it's like insidious is 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 insidious coming out April 1st. That was a bad trailer. It gave me nothing. I remember I'm I can't remember if I saw this when it came out. I feel like I did because I remember the whole shtick about it was it's not the house that's haunted. It's you. It's your son. Which is a big trope in horror movies. Yeah. Um. But this didn't even, it didn't tell us what was happening. It didn't give too much away, but it also didn't give us anything. It also gave too much away in the fact that it showed too many of the jump scares. Yeah. It didn't show the one guy that kind of looks like he's from Sinister. For me, I need the trailer of a horror film to give me the heebie-jeebies. Yeah. Otherwise, I don't really want to see it. It kind of seemed like it was trying to do something similar to the clapping game by setting the metronome, where it was like a common theme throughout the entire trailer. Okay. But it mostly just failed because then it was like, is it the metronome? Is it the demon heartbeat? And then the third time it's used, it's like, I don't even know what that is. Just a sound. Yeah. It's just, a, it's just insidious is, insidious is, insidious is. Which is too bad because it's such a great movie. I hope, uh, well... I'll leave it to the scaredy facts because I know how many people saw it. Whoa. whoa. Let's get into some discussion. Well, Kelly, do you want to start us off with some discussion? Yes, I will discuss this. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So like I mentioned when we watched Curse of Lorna earlier this season, I think. Last uh, season. Last season. And don't worry. I'm I know that's the conjuring. Uh, <laughs> but I used to like to watch a lot of those like A&E ghost hunter shows where people like wander around houses and they're like, Ooh, can you smell that? Oh man, that's sulfury. Oh man. I'm going <laughs> to capture some EMFs and stuff. And it's all fake. <laughs> uh, but I really like when a movie takes that idea and makes it entertaining to watch. 
So like seeing all the little tricks and stuff that Elise does to fight the demons and whatnot and like actually have it work and all the like cameras that they set up and the sensors and stuff. It's nostalgic for something I never actually got as a kid, which was satisfaction from watching those shows. (laughs) (laughs) Did you know there was a time when they had like celebrity ghost hunters or whatever, where they would shove celebrities in like insane asylums that were haunted and give them those EMF readers and be like, good luck. (laughs) I mean, that seems true. I wish I remember the name of it. I think it was like celebrity paranormal hunting or, or something like that. I wonder if that's where the, the picture on the internet of like the guy who's like, Hey, Demons is your boy comes from. <laughs> Wait, why don't I know what this is? Oh my god. Oh boy. <laughs> I think it I there used to be one where the guys would like try to be malicious with the ghost and like anger them into showing themselves, I guess. Oh. So it probably was also it was probably from that one. But they were like they would walk into the house basically kicking down the door and be like, What's up, ghosts? Show <laughs> yourselves. Daddy. I'm not afraid. <laughs> Fuck you guys. Come at me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Just <laughs> the quality two thousands content we desire. Oh my God. Such a good era. (laughs) Such a good era. (laughs) When anything could happen. You're so right, though, about how they do accurately like show the vibe of like what it feels like to have those paranormal investigators come into your home. And a lot of films like this, it sort of plays on the like, oh, they're going to be scammed or whatever. But this one, Lynn Shay, man, she's a real ghost hunter. Mm-hmm. She's legit. I don't know what her real name is in this show or her character name. <laughs> Isn't it Elise? I oh, yeah, Elise. Elise. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is funny because like on those shows, you always do have like the bumbling idiot tech guys and then the one like <laughs> professional. So oh my gosh. just they, it, this was perfect. They did a great job yeah. conveying that. Yeah. So wait, you mean to tell me that the thing that was basically the viewfinder I had when I was 10 that he just like rigged up to have different like color uh, <laughs> panels in it. Like that's like <laughs> semi-accurate. Is that, I was dying laughing when I saw it. Cause I was like, you pulled this out of like a garage sale and like stuck it in your kit. It's like, all right, I got red. I got green. I got yes. Pocahontas. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I mean, it's more that like, I mean, especially with those fake ones, they would show up with just like, bullshit makeshift equipment and be like, no, yeah, this reads the ectoplasmic uh, density in the air. Uh, definitely. Uh, it's oh God, not It's you. not one of those turkey basters at all. <laughs> it's definitely not a turkey baster we shove some LEDs into. <laughs> yeah. And my second point, since we want to we get to the guest opinions, slight spoiler for the last Paranormal Activity, so if you haven't watched that one, just cover your ears or... Don't worry, you'll probably forget by the time you get to that point. (laughs) But I love when a story will set something up in the beginning and then be revealed that it was the character all along doing that stuff that traveled back in time. I can only think of three examples of this, one of which is paranormal. That's quite a bit. (laughs) I know. One is paranormal activity. One is this movie. And one is probably back to the future at some point. (laughs) Or Bill and Ted as well. Just remember that you want to put the keys in the bush and then the keys will appear. I'm sure Star Trek's done it at least twice. Oh yeah, definitely. It's like, but it's like such a cool rewarding thing for the the viewer that remembers that that thing happened earlier. Speaking of remembering things earlier, I'm just going to tangent off this a little bit. This movie (laughs) assumes we don't remember shit. (laughs) 
there are like at least three or four instances where it flashes back to itself 10 minutes ago. Like, remember this drawing you saw in the child's room? <laughs> yes. Like, yeah, yeah, dude. There's one kid named Dalton and his pictures were front and center. I remember. <laughs> no, yeah. but do you remember uh, uh, 10 minutes ago when I opened the door on myself? <laughs> Yeah. Oh. That was me all along. But remember when I did that? But that's the thing of like trusting the audience. I feel like that happens a lot with this movie that they do not do that. And that's why they keep cutting back. Like, remember, because you're not going to remember. Our movie's I too scared for you to remember. That's what I mean. I mean, yeah. like someone like me who closes their eyes sometimes during <laughs> scary movies. It's like maybe I maybe I don't not remember it, but maybe I just didn't see it because my eyes were closed. <laughs> That's a good point. Maybe we're just not the target market for the repeat <laughs> reminder scenes. As, clearly their test audience was like, wait, we don't know what you're talking about. Because uh, as we were restarting watching this before the show, the insidious logo appears and it has all the violin music. And I was like, Oh yeah, Jackie said that she doesn't really watch scary movies. <laughs> I was like, Oh no, <laughs> I was fine. I will be honest. I was fine right. um, for like listeners who are like me and like, they're like, no, I don't do scary. For me, it was like, I guess I get really freaked out when I watch like paranormal activity because that to me feels really real. Whereas this like crosses over a little bit into like, okay, maybe this is real, but like maybe it's probably not. <laughs> um, and so I was a little less scared, but yeah, it was a little, you know, a little foray into horror because mm -hmm. it's scary season. So I had to do it. Yeah. Woo! You got to watch those scary movies now. Oh, so scary. <laughs> Jackie, you want to jump on in? Yes. Okay. I have seen many a seance in movies, in TV, whatever. I have never seen a gas mask involved. <laughs> and like, wow, I, I was not prepared for this. And at first I was like, wait, what is happening that she's pulling out a gas mask? And I'm like, I guess I get it. Like it, he, she was just playing telephone with one of the tech dudes and like whispering into his ear. But that was one of the creepiest things in this movie for me. Honestly, <laughs> it was like her like convulsing wearing this gas mask. Yeah, and then it's a thing. I also need to know, like, where did Dalton learn all these naughty words? <laughs> He's a small little boy, and he was saying some not very nice things about I don't know his mother. Maybe I still couldn't really tell who. I feel like the, at that point to. that wasn't Dalton talking. I feel like then it was the demon referring to Lynn or to Elise herself. Yeah. Being like, I Got know it. who you That's are. Fair. Like, you're here to defend this family from me. Fuck you. Rah! Yeah, they had history. <laughs> that that demon knew Elise. They went they go yep. way, way back. Way, way back. Way, way back. So yeah, that was just like a weird, I've never seen a seance quite like it. And I did crack up when they were using like Dalton's toy lamp. It's like, girl, you didn't bring anything, no candles. Like, isn't this your thing? Like, you are not prepared. Oh, yeah. So the gas mask is like, I doubt that's a real thing, but it was definitely a choice. Like, yes. Halfway through and the movie, you're like, okay, it's kind of like these demons are popping out of nowhere. It's still kind of grounded because it's like, real creepy things and then she's like here's like a world war ii gas mask yeah so that like i can talk to my friend <laughs> casually connect it to his earbuds which i again 
she really needs to just come out with her own like TMTM like line of it (laughs) and like sell it to other like psychic mediums. But yeah, it was like, Oh, there could be better ways to do this. Yeah. It's also a good way to record ASMR. That was actually the whole thing that kind of like got me. I'm like, Oh, stop whispering. It's weird. Like, Oh my gosh. So yeah, that was a new thing I learned from this movie. Thanks to the movie. Uh, And speaking of the further, I have to talk about it. Like it cracked me up that she's like, I call it that nobody else does, but like I, like TM, TM, TM. It's a thing. It's a thing. Don't worry about it. Um, but she, I noticed there were two like very useless people or groups of people during this very important thing, AKA like having Josh go into the further. First of all, her bumbling assistants, as you mentioned, Kelly, (laughs) like useless because the two of them were wrestling with these flashlights the entire time. The one dude was the bigger dude that was with the beard, like had tripped over the couch, I guess, and was like wrestling a couch pillow and couldn't seem to hold the light straight. It's like, dude, literally one job right now. Literally it's one job. Um, And then when all this is going on and all the like spirit things show up in the house in like the real world, Elise is like, Oh, Renee, you do it. You call her back. Like, girl, we are, who, why are we paying you? Like, this is your job. This is your time to shine. And so it was just really weird that she was like, just call out to him, Renee, <laughs> call out to him. Uh, so those were the things that drove me nuts about this movie. I have yeah. a theory about the assistance that I just came up with. Let's so I, I need it. to bounce it off y'all. I'm so excited. Like she's a, she's a professional woman working in a, competitive industry as we know from all of the ENA A&E ghost hunter shows <laughs> very very competitive yes and all of the like this the strong men who just anger the ghosts to get them to show themselves mm-hmm. maybe she had to hire men that would like listen to her and not question like her methods but that also came with the added downfall of them kind of being idiots and they bumble and stuff like they're really trusting <laughs> and they protect they like trust that she'll protect them but also they suck at their job a little bit <laughs> Like they, they're going to do their job, but they might not do it perfectly. Yeah. (laughs) That's the trade off. (laughs) But she can trust that they trust her, but Mm -hmm. also they are like college students, basically. I mean, I like the idea of supporting emerging artists. So these are emerging ghost hunters. You got to train them up. It's an internship. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Or maybe apprenticeship. Yeah. 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 Much more serious work. Mm hmm. Yeah, that well, even when the two of them showed up at the house and they were like, Yeah, we have to like weed out all the weirdos and like look at everything ourselves first. It's like, oh well, you do know what you're doing, but how come you couldn't handle it when shit actually went down? I don't <laughs> yeah. know. But yeah. Oh, I was gonna say I like the idea that maybe like these guys just finished uh, finished undergrad and they're like she, she's kind of like their grad school advisor, um, and they grow up to be the lone gunman in the X-Men. <laughs> like they don't know anything right now, but give them a couple of years of school, some more conspiracy theories. There is a couple more ghosts. They'll be ready to work with Mulder. It's cool. They'll be fine. <laughs> I also think it's like interesting, usually like slapstick comedy or like, I don't know how to say it without just being like stupid jokes, but like that style of humor doesn't really make me laugh. But there was something about the way that these characters were created that does get me in the right way. I thought it was some good comedic relief and they're very consistent throughout the rest of the series too, which is nice. Oh, so they come back in every single movie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Elise is the main character of this series. Like Mm. for sure. 
Uh, oh, no, I, I mean, little based bit on of what spoilers. I know about the ending of this movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, like the something about their whole relationship is so heartwarming that like the slapstick just fits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's really good. Everybody else is so, so, so super serious about the world that they're in. And mm-hmm. these two guys are just like super excited. They got some pictures. It's really nice. <laughs> I mean, their kid is in a coma. <laughs> <laughs> they can be a little bit Come serious. Come on, Sean. Read the room. Read the room. <laughs> okay, everybody. It's time for Whispers from Beyond. Which is a very spooky way of saying that we want to give our listeners who review the show an extra special shout out. So if you want us to talk about you, review the show on Apple Podcasts. Like Robot Overlord 666 did. Hey, Robot Overlord 666. Love it. Who says, I listened to all the episodes and now I don't know what to do. (laughs) Oh, man. Awesome podcast. Super refreshing to hear horror films discussed by down to earth, funny people. Absolutely adore the queer feminist Canadian perspective. Thank you so much. Keep up the great work, you two. Much love from Ontario. Awesome. All the way across Canada. And special thanks to Major Drunken Fan. Hello. Hello. (laughs) Uh, Who says, take a long, strong drink of this podcast and you'll be happy. I love listening to this podcast. Shar and Kelly are so funny and they make you feel like they are your friends hanging out. We are all friends. We're all friends. Their drinks are great. I've made a few at home. And their reviews and opinions are great. I am also impressed at the guests they are able to get. Me too. Me too, man. (laughs) And I love to have it on while I drive to and from work. 10 out of 10, drunken spook. Aw, thank you so much. Thanks so much. All of the guests are Char, and she does an incredible job, and I am constantly amazed. Thank you. I don't know... I just pray. <laughs> That's all I do. Uh, hopes and prayers. <laughs> one like equals one special guest. Oof. <laughs> Sean, do you want to uh, jump into your points? Yeah. So a couple things that I noticed here, um, and I, I think the first thing is speaking of everybody being super serious, this this movie is the least subtle thing that has ever been made. Like <laughs> from the title screen where it's just like the music and it's just pure violin horror strings, like mm-hmm. just all the way back to Hitchcock. There's no subtlety here. There's no like buildup. We dispense with any character details that don't like immediately pertain to the plot, <laughs> um, yeah. except for maybe the music kind of. As a That's character, a, looking at the music yeah, as a character. The, Oh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, Renee's music. Oh, uh, yeah, which yeah, seems yeah. Like the, um, the token thing she gets to be a real person. Um, she has uh, skills and hobbies. And yeah. yeah. And She's not um, just a mom. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> Whoa. And, and I think, well, it's not a subtle movie, but it, it knows it and it leans into it. And that's, I think, what makes it kind of great. You know, if it wasn't aware of that, if it was unconsciously hitting those tropes, I think it would be much cheesier than it turned out to be. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And like this director, uh, James Wan, he's done all the Saw films and then he goes on to do like The Conjuring and uh, other things too. like so much horror in his wheelhouse. So it's really cool mm-hmm. to see Insidious really uh, dig the nails in deep here. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The other thing that I'd noticed, though, 
is that the Renee, the the lady, right, the mom, mm-hmm. gets mm-hmm. absolutely stiffed in this movie. <laughs> she does all of the work of p- pulling this household together. She does all of the work of believing everything for the entire first half of the movie. Dad straight up sucks. <laughs> like he, as far as I can tell, he lies about going to grade, staying to grade papers at school. Yeah. He really is avoiding this stressful situation. And he's making her hold this household together. And then like when we transition to the cool supernatural part of the movie, dude's the one who gets to do all the cool <laughs> astral projection <laughs> shit. <laughs> like, and she, all she gets to do is sit there and go, come back to us. Come back. Like, what is this right. shit? Yeah. I need your help now again. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Like, and there, there's back. a line where I think, I forget where they are, but they just kicked um, uh, Elise out of the house. And the dad says, how did the voice of reason become the bad guy here? And it's like, dude, you have been the bad guy this entire movie. You You haven't had any ideas. Good. Yeah. Like he he doesn't seem to be involved in his household and he doesn't get better. He just comes back. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. Renee, at the beginning of the movie, she's mentioned something like offhandedly, like, I don't want this house to be I don't want it to be like it was at the last house. Mm-hmm. And it's not touched on again, but like, I'm like, what was it like at the last house? Like, was he a real mm-hmm. dick the whole time? Just like he is now? Cause you're right. He hasn't been doing anything. And the whole like morning scene when, uh, before everything like really starts and she's just dealing with the kids, we really see her doing so much of the work and he just like mm-hmm. Bosey's in plays with the baby. Bye. Oh, baby cries. Yeah. Gotta go. <laughs> He's like classic then, sitcom dad, like running out of the yeah. house, grabbing one toast from like the breakfast that the mom made. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Are we, we're obviously, I think we're good with spoilers here, right? Oh yeah. So, yeah. All the spoilers. Yeah, great. Okay. So I, I wrote down a halfway through right, right at that line. Actually I have in my notes right here is like, you were always the bad guy, dude. Um, <laughs> right after that, you know, how did the voice of reason become the bad guy here? Well, okay. So, he gets to do cool stuff and he gets to like rescue the kid, but he never does anything redemptive. And like, he never earns that. He just happens to be the dude who happens to have traveling powers. And mm-hmm. yeah, I know at the end, like he literally becomes the bad guy, but like, I don't know this. He never became a sympathetic character for me. Oh gosh. No. Yeah. For me too. I hate him. <laughs> I mean, I didn't, yeah. didn't like him from like that first scene where he was like, Oh yeah, I know I said I was going to drive the kids to school, but like, I can't buy. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah. What would you like me to do? What the <laughs> fuck? I think I'm blinded because, uh, as we found in this podcast, I have a growing crush on Patrick Wilson. Uh, so it's really hard to watch this movie and be like, no, he's the bad guy. It's like, no, it's Patrick Wilson. He's so nice and charming and I love him. No, he's he's a good looking dude. I mean, it's just his character really sucks. But all his character, like he's, he's basically like the polar opposite from what he is in the conjuring. When he's the ghost hunter. When he's the like uh, him, him and his wife are yeah. like the partner team because he's like so supportive of her in The Conjuring. They're like a great partnership. He's a great dad. He's always doing everything to support her. And like they work Aww. together so well to this one where he's like going to sleep at the school. Don't want to hang out with our comatose child. It's getting too hard <laughs> for me. And don't forget about yeah. the other kid that like not even the baby. There's another little boy. There <laughs> is. He has middle child syndrome so bad. It's so crazy. Crazy. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that kid just like vanishes from the plot altogether. Oh, you are. Completely. Where's. Oh, oh, right. 
Oh, that's right. We just tossed them out of the house halfway through the movie. Yeah. Like you sent the kids to stay with whoever, right? Yeah. Great. Yeah, that's it. Thanks. We just have to let the audience know. That's where they went. <laughs> I think ya. it was like, were they just there to add pressure to the family? Like we've, we don't have so. just the one kid. We have three kids to deal with. Mm-hmm. And well, the baby has to scream. That's true. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but then the kids leave and it's like, well, now we got cool ghost hunters. And I guess that's the movie that we're in now. These are our children now. These are our <laughs> lovely children. <laughs> Um, this sort of like the bad dad trope comes into the second half of my first point, which is that it's nice to see Renee be taken seriously in this film once Elise comes into play. And like when the grandmother comes back to the house, there's this nice like knowingness uh, and sense of like community between these women because her husband just like flat out doesn't believe her for the first fucking half of the movie. Mm-hmm. And I, that's such like a common trope in horror films these days of showing that like women aren't believed even by like their significant other or their husband, like the partner that should know and trust them the most. And being in a normal relationship, I'm like, how, 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 how do you not listen to who you're talking to? Ah, It blows my mind. I mean, you also know that the moment you say that our house is haunted, we don't live in that house anymore. (laughs) I was going to say, like, do you all have like an agreement where it's like no questions asked? Like, we're out of here. Yeah, I'm out. If Char says that she saw a figure in the corner, like I'm already packing and we're gone. (laughs) We do have have Steve, our ghost that follows us from house to house. He figures oh, yeah. our lights. Uh, when really? when Char and I first started dating, our lights would start flickering and stuff. So we uh, we said that there was a ghost that had a crush on me. And he was and- like jealous <laughs> that I was there. Yeah. Makes sense. Uh, and he follows Gross. us around. Um, it's also a symptom of the fact that Vancouver has terrible like lighting <laughs> problems. <know. laughs> uh, but it's also a ghost that follows us around and named Steve. We changed apartments, not because of that, but still our lights flicker. <laughs> yeah. Well, based on what I've learned about Insidious, that means that it's one of you. That's true. And not a ghost, so. <laughs> it's not the house, guys. It's one of you. I mean, it's definitely me. <laughs> yeah, if one of us were going to be haunted, it would be you. But I have a relationship with ghosts where I don't believe in them, but mm-hmm. they don't show themselves because I have respect for them. And if they show themselves, they'll know I'll be scared. So they just kind of like, you know, that's fair. never. I, I don't believe in them, but please don't. No, Please don't show yourselves. Thank you. Bye. That seems like a good working relationship. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We can be uh, cohabitated uh, and not mm-hmm. ever see each other. Right. It's totally fine. It's kind of like me and my cat. Like, I do know she exists, but I don't see her a lot. So. Yeah, exactly. Occasionally something will be knocked off of a shelf that you didn't do. Yeah. The food that I leave out does get eaten. And I know it's not by me or my boyfriend. So, Or maybe it is my boyfriend. I don't know. Everybody has their own way of life, I guess. Is there a but, chance yeah. that your boyfriend made up a cat? <gasps> to get extra food Uh oh oh man desperate huh (laughs) i have often thought like if there were a zombie apocalypse could i eat my cat's cat food like is it would i die i don't think i would i when i open those tins man it just makes like me gag i ate some onions and garlic (laughs) (laughs) it's not good especially you ate it why what (laughs) kelly what I, I, how do people not have this? I'm feeding this thing to my child. I need to. So you tried it. I need to taste it first before I give it. To 
I was the t- I love it. <laughs> oh god. How am I on the defensive uh, for this one? Nope. Wait, I'm I not don't even think judging though. Like that. tell me which brand because then if I know that it's Kelly and Buddy approved, <laughs> then I can feed it to my cat. No, it was it was the gooey like uh the like moist chicken from I think it was like whiskers or something. In gravy. Okay, I've always thought about how like this is basically what I eat sometimes for dinner. Like it was yeah, not I good. They put this. like something in it that's <laughs> just for cats. Oh no! I mean, Buddy likes it. Yeah, it's I'm, it's. I'm sure. It's a like how I don't like cilantro. I'm sure that it's that. I'm sure that whatever they put in that has some sort of like DNA attached oh, yeah. thing. <laughs> it was awful. Oh no. How did we get here? I don't know. But I just wanted to, to circle back to my point about bad husbands. Yes. <laughs> and like every time oh, go ahead. how they it's getting a bit more known now thanks to social media of this like the mental load and how women are usually the people that get forced to bear the mental load in a household. And we totally see that at the beginning of this film. And we already talked about it enough. But I just wanted to put the name of like the mental load there because that's a thing yes. and it's very mm-hmm. stressful. And that's not the reason that Renee is freaking out. But also it wouldn't really be bad if you wanted to make dinner every once in a while or not wait yeah. for me to ask you to do every little thing. Yeah. She's mm-hmm. doing literally 100% of the emotional labor and the physical labor. Yeah. yeah. She like packed up the whole that. house. Oh my God. When, when he says like, oh yeah, we packed your music sheets and she's like i packed those yeah. like, oh damn she packed everything i bet like oh and he just like cruises on without even noticing like that like underhanded like dagger to the ribs yeah mm-hmm. even when she's talking to his mom his mom's like throwing out some jabs at him like it's so oh, man oh you got him to sit yeah. still my son's a bit of an asshole so good luck <laughs> <laughs> but every time you guys talk about patrick wilson i think about k trevor trevor wilson who uh is a very very different actor oh i don't What's think i know oh, yeah oh uh squirrely dan from letter kenny oh um, yeah and he's just just the nicest guy and just <laughs> very chill and so like we're talking about how patrick wilson's a jerk and all i can think of is you know squirrely dan talking about professor trisha and, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and then my last point is really just a throwaway point that the demon's design reminds me of darth maul from phantom yes. Menace. right <laughs> That's what got me through this movie because it was like, oh, this isn't scary anymore. I know that face. (laughs) I was kind of like psyched to be like, oh, what are they going to imagine a demon as? And it's like it shows up. It's like Darth Maul, hooves, forked tongue. Oh, okay. Okay. Pretty standard. (laughs) Fair enough. Standard demon. Duel of Fate starts playing. Here we go. If there's a no-name demon brand, like you open that box and shake it and that's what falls out, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. but do you eat it before you give it to your cat is the question. Obviously. <laughs> How else will you know it's safe? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's Darth Maul, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and that brings us to It's Time to Open the Recognomicon! <laughs> Put lightning effects. I haven't oh, put the lightning effects yet. I'm slowly it building. Really good. I've heard you do it on your on your show, and it's very very good. <laughs> uh, so lightning fast recommendations. I'll go first. I am going to recommend watching Sinister from 2012, which we've sort of touched on a bit during this episode, and it's my favorite of the three that we always mix up together. It's super super creepy. I highly recommend. So I don't do a lot of horror movie watching, but I like Kelly really enjoy the ins and outs of ghost 
ghost hunting. So if you're really into it, you should watch ghost hunters. Sometimes the dude's a little like, yo, ghost, come at me. But sometimes it's like really interesting and spooky. So highly recommend watching that if you're into the whole hunt of the paranormal. Nice. I think my recommendation this week is Love, Death, and Robots. And especially there's one called Sucker of Souls. If you love ominous future Draculas, you're really going to love this particular uh, short in Love, Death, and Robots. The whole thing is great, but this is great. My recommendation is The Conjuring. You're not too sure, it sounds like. <laughs> well, you said Sinister, which is the Slipknot one, but also the villain in this one kind of looks like Slipknot. It's it's I, The Conjuring, yes, because I always love the movies where the characters use like methods and organized steps to defeat the demons. And like the Conjuring series does that in, in Wash and does that a lot. I think is what the phrase is. Based on a real this couple. This movie does not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they never use it. No methods once. Uh, does Do we have any idea ever? Do, do uh, the other movies explain where Elise gets her power? I believe so. Yes. Yeah. I think it's okay. the last key. Yeah. What this mo- this film series does is like once you get to the sequels, they all come out of order like chronologically. Like there's like prequels and the opposite of prequels, and so I never know which one is which, but they definitely do talk about I mean, that in one of them. It's just like The Conjuring, okay. where it's like, hey, Conjuring 2, then Annabelle, then The Nun, and then Conjuring 3 eventually. But that Conjuring 3, it takes place before the first Conjuring. Sure. <laughs> Ow, my head. Yeah. <laughs> That's why we always get confused. We're bamboozled. We're going to take a moment to talk about our socials and sponsors. All the information you could ever need about us, including our merch, is on our website, www.drinkingandscreaming.com. And if you want to help the show, you can go to patreon.com slash drink and scream. Uh, we have a new initiative where if we get $150 a month, we're going to have a monthly movie watch along with uh, our patrons where we will uh, pick a movie and we'll sit down and we'll all watch it together and it'll be one big spoopy family. Holy cow! So please, donate on Patreon. This season of Drinking and Screaming is sponsored by Evil Amy's Terror Shop, who provides us with some amazing goodies to talk about on our episodes. Today, I am going to talk about the amazing pop figures that we got. We've gotten a lot of them, but this time I want to highlight our Silence of the Lambs, Hannibal Lecter. He's very bloody. <laughs> He's in the prison uniform when he, well, spoilers, we'll probably do Silence of the Lambs eventually, but I love me some pop figures, so thank you so much, Evil Amy. You too can get some pop figures from Evil Amy. They ship globally at EvilAmy'sTerrorShop.com. We have a whole uh, shelf of villains, and most of them are from Evil Amy's, but also I put Daenerys up there. (laughs) Jackie and Sean, tell everyone where they can find you. So Jackie watches stuff. You can find us on um, your favorite podcast app, uh, or you can find us online um, at JackieWatchesStuff.com. We're on Twitter at JackieWatches. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at WXGeek for ridiculous takes on baseball and other <laughs> things that don't matter. And uh, yeah, we're just happy to be here. We're also sponsored by Liz's Horrifying Candle Co. We're waiting on some brand new scents for fall and our candles are so good that the 2020 summer scents are currently sold out. 
When the fall scents are ready, we'll let you know. These candles will be available for purchase at horrorcandles.com with the code DRINKSCREEN10 for 10% off your first order of three or more. These bad boys are handmade with soy wax, which makes them safe for your own little fur babies. Woo! Yeah. We want to keep our buddy safe so we don't use petroleum candles because that's like smoking cigarettes right into his face. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at drink underscore scream on Facebook at drink and scream. You can email us at drinking and screaming at gmail.com and you can join our discord at bit.ly slash hopped up discord. It's time for scaredy facts. Welcome to the section of our podcast where we let you delve into our relationship. Woo! Every time Shar and I watch a scary movie that freaks us out quite a lot, we like to lie in bed, open up IMDb, and check the trivia facts to dissect it and make it not scary anymore because they're just humans with cameras and mics and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) So welcome, Jackie and Sean, and all of you listeners to our Under the Covers Humble Abode. Mm-hmm. This is a this is nice. You have a lot of room in this bed. I like it. This is it's, it's really cozy. It's, uh, one of the California kings. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Starting with the budget, it was an estimated 1.5 million. So that's like pretty standard for one of the first of a big horror series. But their opening weekend, they made 13 times that because it was 13.3 million. The, the lucky oh. number. Ooh, yeah, spooky. Wow. But then worldwide to date so far, they've made almost just shy of 100 million. Wow. Wow. So Seems like a good return. Incredibly successful. <laughs> I'll be honest that this kind of gave off a bit of like a B-movie budget vibe, like a low budget movie, just with some of the camera angles and like the shots. I was like, this feels a little weird. But then they mm. picked up their pace a little bit on it. And like maybe they were saving all the budget for that Darth Maul mask or something. But I was going to say, there's nothing in here that couldn't be done by like a really dedicated college film uh, <laughs> class. Yeah, that's with, true. With a couple extra bucks for props, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's get dunked <laughs> on, James. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I think no. he's just like so inspired by classic horror movies that he like lets it seep in a bit. Yeah. And he doesn't, he doesn't need like a bazillion dollars to do something scary. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have to talk about this fact here because I, we noticed it when we watched the first time that when Patrick Wilson is like at school, avoiding his wife and home, uh, you mm-hmm. see Billy, the puppet behind him on the chalkboard, which is the do you want to play a game puppet from Saw? Oh, nice. Which is oh, I miss that. a James Wan film or a series. And Lee Winnell. Oh, I didn't even put that in the scaredy fact. Come on. Lee Winnell, who's the writer of this film, and he all works with James Wan all, all the time. Or James Wan, sorry. He's one of the nerdy spook hunter guys. The little skinny white dude. Oh. Yeah. Oh, nice. I only realized cool. it today watching the film for like, I don't know, the eighth time. I don't know how I missed it. He's also yeah. the guy in Saw, isn't he? Is he? He's uh, one of the people locked in the bathroom. Yeah. yeah he's the guy that oh. got his leg tied to the tub. Oh, my God. You're right. I didn't think about that. Yeah. Wait, Jackie, you've watched Saw? Yeah. Actually, the Saw series is one of my favorite series. I think we talked about this on your episode. On the Friday the 13th one. It might have been. 
But yes, uh, yeah, I'm weird. Yeah, <laughs> that's okay. I Literally, like. I it. need to watch the rest of this Insidious series because it's in the same. <laughs> and he keeps it coming back in it. Yeah, but um, what I didn't know was that there's also a list of uh, names on the chalkboard, and I was like, oh yeah, they're probably like people that worked on the film. But someone on IMDb actually took the time to write out what every person did. So I'm gonna actually read them all and their <laughs> tasks so that you will oh. know. So there's Joseph Huey and. Lisa Cabello, who were crafties for the film, which means that they made all the food. Heather, Michelle and Kaylee Fisher were set dressers. So they rearranged the furniture, picked the um, wallpaper, that sort of thing. Leslie Borchard was a hairstylist. You know what that is. And Yasim Shimi Osman was the hair department head. Later on, you see a few other names from a different angle and there are people on the detention list. And this is Rick Osaka, who was the unit production manager, Jeanette Volturno, who was the line producer, Jennifer Spence, who was the art director, Kate Maller, who was a set dresser, and Renetta G. Amador, sorry if I butchered any of these names, (laughs) was the script supervisor. But I thought that was so cool. I wonder what they did to get in detention. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know, but I think they all did fabulous work because I feel bad about dunking on them by calling them a college film (laughs) class. You can't roll that back. (laughs) Now that there's like names associated, Sean feels bad. (laughs) These are people. What if it gets... What if it gets back to them? <laughs> oh, no. It probably will. Yeah. They'll send me an angry email. We are such a small podcast. Uh, no, we're have, we have Lisa Cabello coming on uh, next week, actually, and we're going to tell her. Oh, God. Yeah, we're going to oh, tell no. her what you said. <laughs> um, the next one that I have, I have a habit of saying um before every fact, and I'm trying really hard now that I'm editing these episodes to stop doing that. <laughs> But I think I've done it every time still. Oh, editing your own stuff is the worst. (laughs) I had to edit an episode of Jackie Watches that I was on the other night and like, oh my God, I know. Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) But something that proves or helps your brain, Kelly, for why we always mix up these movies. Ethan Hawke, who is the dad in Sinister, turned down the role of Josh Lambert, which ultimately went to Patrick Wilson. Hawk would later appear in Sinister in 2012. Not only do Insidious and Sinister use a negative adjective as a title, both are also supernatural horror movies produced by Jason Blum, in which both Hawk and Wilson are the head of their respective families who move into a house that is haunted by a strange entity that specifically targets children. (laughs) Also, Josh's mother in the film is named Lorraine, who's his the wife of the name of um, Ed Warren in the Conjuring uh, series, <laughs> which is also directed by James Wan. So Wan, sorry. So which is just a huge clusterfuck. Uh, Why? <laughs> so did Ethan Hawke really turn this movie down or did he just make its evil twin? Oh my there God. you go. I think the second one. <laughs> he cloned himself. <laughs> I mean, that would have been bad because they probably would have gotten... Patrick Wilson to play the character in Sinister or still got Ethan Hawke to play the character in Sinister. So no matter what, two of these three movies will have the same character or the same actor. Yeah. We talked about the music a lot uh, during our discussion and I thought that it was cool that they used 33 different violins for the theme music and the whole film was just shot in three weeks. Wow. Wow. Three weeks? By a bunch of college students with handicaps, this apparently, Sean. a capstone project. <laughs> <laughs> Sean's theory is proving more and more true. <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk to James Wan, and he's going to be like, yeah, this was honestly like my 
my final exam for college. <laughs> yeah. I didn't we think got it was going to go anywhere. Well, that's funny <laughs> that you say that because Saw was basically like their like super low budget film that they were trying to get picked up. And then that stemmed the success that they've found today. Interesting. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah. Okay. I have a few more, which one of these is about the old woman ghost who's actually played by a man, but it's not until they started working on the sequel of Insidious that the filmmakers decided that the character would actually be a man dressed as a woman, which I thought was cool. And that's, I guess, a lo- another little spoiler. Hmm. Yeah, I guess they probably just thought it was more scary and uncanny that an old man was playing a woman. Yeah. And then they were like, that's a character <sighs> I'll be choice. Honest, I don't even think I noticed this. Like, I mean, it's good makeup. No, I, I, I didn't just, either. I say maybe I was just far enough away from the tv screen that i just assumed gender and that's not great all the time but it wasn't a plot point either so yeah 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 and you're covering your eyes the whole time that's true when you're squinting it's really hard to tell what people look like i was gonna do a deep dive into this old woman ghost but i think we should save that for insidious 2 Mm -hmm. conjuring 2 i agree (laughs) (laughs) you mean sinister oh sorry yeah sinister 2 right yeah (laughs) Something that I was confused about when Dalton is in the comatose state and his mom is fixing the sheets and she finds the like red bloody handprint there. I thought that it looked off to me and it didn't really seem passable for being blood and like, where did the blood come from? But I was wrong. It actually turns out that it's red lipstick because the red faced demon in this film is known as the lipstick demon. And he uses his hands to apply his signature red look of like leaving a handprint behind for someone that he's trying to possess. Huh. Wow. Is he going out later? There's a lot of layers that were happening and I didn't notice them. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, his like, oh God. Yeah. Shark, correct me if I'm wrong. They go to his realm in this one, right? Where he's got like, wait. All we see is him like sharpening his nails and singing mm-hmm. tiptoe through the tulips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, that oh, is, is that really... what you mean? Oh, okay. Yeah, Sorry, I okay. thought you were talking about something else. Continue. Sorry, it's it's impossible to remember which ones were which. <laughs> uh, so yeah, like in that area, his like place is pretty gaudy. So maybe he just likes to look nice and have nice things. So his lipstick, he's he's got to have his lipstick real tight. <laughs> All uh, over his face. All everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. You don't know the fashion styles of hell. Of demons, yeah. Like, that is true. That's true. Mm-hmm. That might be in season. Face make face lipstick. <laughs> Not just for the lips anymore. <laughs> it's for your whole face. <laughs> Jackie, have you watched A Nightmare on Elm Street? I have not. Well, if you ever do, Lynn Shay is in that movie, Elise. She's uh, the high school teacher of that film. There you go. Does she also have weird paranormal like skills she does not she's very sweet it's she's also this is from like the 80s so she's way younger just like a typical nice woman role you know us women we only are teachers mothers or daughters yes well we're good yeah and wives sometimes but even then we're just bad wives (laughs) and then last but not least they're uh speaking of like COVID and being trapped inside and never being able to do anything fun ever again. In 2015, there was an insidious themed maze at Universal Studios for the horror nights. And I really wanted to go this year. And I'm so sad that we don't get to go. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Not at all. Oh, no. no, We won't be able to walk into the insidious maze. Ah, damn. I would have dragged Kelly through that maze for sure. Oh, boy. (laughs) 
I mean, what what do you think would be in the insidious maze? Would the demon just chase you around and you would get lipstick everywhere? Well, if it's based on all three movies, they do have a big cast of of ghosts and, and ghoulies. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was pro- like, yeah, they got the nun. They got Annabelle. No, nope. <laughs> damn it. They got the lead singer from Slipknot. <laughs> uh, so it would probably be like a house with a fog machine and a really blue light and then just a bunch of ghosts that are standing around waiting to, to jump at you. Do you think you would go well, into the, the, the further or do you think it would stay? Like, oh, I think you definitely on- it would. You would definitely be going into the further. That would probably be the whole point is they maybe they probably give you like a lantern to hold or something. Oh. Oh yeah, Man, I'm where it's just so dark sad. all the time. I want to go. <laughs> uh, but that's it. That's all my scaredy facts for this week. Oh, that was so good. I learned so many things. <laughs> right? Woo! And did it make you a little bit, a little less uh, scared? Yeah, I mean, it definitely. I think this is a good strategy. I like it. Because <laughs> yeah, now that I know that that demon good. had lipstick all over its face, it's like, oh, <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm less scared. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> well, especially because the thought lingers in the back of my head, like, are we sure that wasn't a retcon? Because maybe they went and used lipstick for blood and it was bright red and they were like, shit, someone will notice. Uh, <laughs> it's, totally, it's a lipstick demon. Yeah. Sean just junking <laughs> on the quality again. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> Do you have any final thoughts for us, Jackie? Well, yeah. I mean, my, if anyone is like me and like not into horror and they're like, nope, nope, nope. I, I will say, I think you'll be okay. Like there were a couple little jump scares, but I mean, I've seen movies that had much, much more horror and jump scares and like actual mind fuckery. So I think this is a pretty mild one for all you friends like me. You won't lose sleep. I hope not. That's good. Cause we do have like, I, it feels like at least half of our listeners listen because they don't want to watch the film, but they still want to know about it. So I'm glad that you feel like this was a, an easy one to watch. So maybe listeners, you could be brave for this one. Uh, my final thought is that I really like this film series and I'm glad that we got to repurpose it or not repurpose it, rewatch it for the show. And I just I love it's a love hate relationship of how convoluted the storyline gets in comparison to the rest of the films. Like, I think that this movie, when you if you lay them all out with like how the story happens, it's the third one. I think all the other ones are in the past. But either way, I like how uh, cryptic it gets, but also it hurts my brain. (laughs) Yeah, because there's one in like the 60s, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's good. I'm happy I got to watch it again. A plus. Nice. John. So my thoughts, this is a great movie. I think if you just want to sit down for like some good old fashioned haunted house shit, I mean, flashy lights, scary strings, very like out of the box demon haunted child. Like we hit every single horror trope you really want and it knows it, but like it still stays fresh. It's still like, you know, it it puts enough of its own spin on it that you don't feel like you're watching a rehash. You're watching a a new crazy thing, but it almost feels comfortable in a horror sort of way. Mm. You know, like a, it's an easy watch. It's an easy horror yeah. watch for sure. And I think Jackie's right. There's some jump scares, and yeah, maybe there should probably be an epilepsy warning, especially for the seance scene. Yes, I should have mentioned mm. that. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, do either um, of you have epilepsy? No, okay, good. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, it's <sighs> fine. But yes, listeners, be careful. During yeah, that there's seance. a there's a disclaimer that I think there was a transphobic material disclaimer at the top as yeah. well. Yes, um, it's more for the second film though. So we'll 
We'll uh, dive okay. into that another time. Cool. Um, yeah, so definitely epilepsy warning here. If you are sensitive to flashing lights or easily overstimulated for whatever reason, you definitely want to turn the volume down and maybe sit a foot or two further back than you might normally. <laughs> mm-hmm. We should probably say that for the movie we're going to watch next week, if we know that it's got an epilepsy warning. Anyways, this is this is production stuff. You don't want to hear about that. <laughs> All right. My final thought. So we, we've had a lot of fun here dunking on the, the three film se- <laughs> series that I keep forgetting which one is which. But there's something sinister, sinister insidious <laughs> conjuring. But there's something to be said about all three of those series have consistently enjoyable movies. I, I genuinely like that. We just have a shit ton of movies like this that we could just jump into any one of them and have a good time. Uh, there's so many horror series, like long running ones that will either like dip in the middle. Uh, I'm looking at you. Jason goes to hell. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you just don't want to watch it, but I can't think of a conjuring slash sinister slash insidious movie that I wouldn't want to just like, if it was on, I would start watching it. Yeah. Uh, and that's great. And I love it. And now I want to watch the insidious is again. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's been Insidious, a movie about either a movie that tricks kids into being possessed or a couple that exercises ghosts or an old lady that teleports into the shadow realm. I'm I'm just not too sure. Next week, we'll be watching Scream from 1996 with Rosemary's Ladies. Ooh. And remember, always scream responsibly. Ah! Thank you for listening to Drinking and Screaming. Drinking and Screaming is produced and edited by Charlene Bear. Our sound engineer and logo designer is Kelly Wright. And it's hosted by, yep, you guessed it, Kelly Wright and Charlene Bear. For bonus episodes, Patreon poll voting privileges, and exclusive rewards, become a patron at patreon.com slash drinkandscream. Want a shout out? Review us on Apple Podcasts and we'll read your review live on the show. For more information, check out our website, drinkingandscreaming.com. 